If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. We're all sitting around a table ready to receive the data from the helicopter. And then as soon as we started getting indications that we had flown and that we were safe on the ground and still communicating, all the tension went away and it was just excitement. You know, it was just cool that we had flown. And what's most exciting is where they had flown. Mars. Garrett Kubiak is a robotics technologist with NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. And what you've just heard him describe is the initial flight of NASA's Ingenuity Mars helicopter, which he was instrumental in creating. Ingenuity weighs about four pounds on Earth and just under two pounds on Mars, according to NASA's webpage. And it arrived on Mars with the landing of the Perseverance rover on February 18, 2021. From there, this little miniature helicopter went right to work in what amounted to the ultimate remote technology demonstration. Its goals included probing powered flight in Mars' atmosphere, a much thinner one than on Earth, and demonstrating miniaturized technology while flying autonomously. And as of August 2021, Ingenuity has much more than surpassed these objectives. The following program is not affiliated with nor in any way, shape, or form endorsed by NASA, and I am not in any way employed by nor affiliated with them. Garrett, what an exciting day for Ingenuity. As we're recording this, you have just nailed the 12th successful flight of this little helicopter. Before I ask you to tell me all about what Ingenuity is doing and what's involved, I'd love to know how you first got involved in robotics and knew that was the path you wanted to take professionally. Yes. Yeah, so I really got into robotics in college. I had been doing programming throughout high school. I found that's kind of what I enjoyed to do. And so in college, I ended up joining the robotics club and found that robotics was something that the intersection between the programming side and the, the hardware and the interactions with hardware was something I really enjoyed. And that lent itself very well to robotics. And so that's kind of how I got my start there. Tell me about your first days. Would you work with the Ingenuity helicopter? How did that come about for you? It came about, they needed somebody to write a particular piece of software that I had happened to have done before and worked on, some low-level code. And so I started writing with that and then kept going from there, writing flight software. When you're going to do something that's never been done before, like put a four-pound helicopter on Mars and have it fly back and forth. What are some of the robotics considerations you have to keep in mind? So for Mars, obviously, there's the, the density is so low, you need to keep the mass down. So there's a lot of considerations there in terms of just minimizing the parts you need in the mass. So that's one of the biggest challenges there. And then for the helicopter specifically, we needed a high level of compute power to track features on the ground. And so just getting the processing power and working with some newer, higher performance CPUs was a big part of enabling Ingenuity to fly. When you say a high level of Q power, what is that? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So we're using like a, it's effectively a, a CPU from like an old smartphone CPU. And so we, because of our risk posture as a tech demo, we can use parts that may be less radiation hardened, but we've shown them to be sufficient 
and that, you know, it's obviously working on Mars. And we, we kind of do that going in. So yeah, so it's like a, it's a Qualcomm Snapdragon processor from like a smartphone from a few years ago. Wow. So in effect, we have a helicopter on Mars with something you're working with from a smartphone. This is amazing. Would you take me back in your imagination to April 19th this year? What was that day like for you? Yeah, so that was the day of the first flight. It was a very long day. I think, you know, going in to work, you know, we had already, we were all sitting around a table ready to receive the data from the helicopter. Yeah, I think it was, everyone was excited. Everyone was, you know, a little tense, but, you know, at that point we had sent the commands. I think the helicopter had already flown on Mars. And so we were all just excited and waiting to get the data back. And then as soon as we started getting indications that we had flown and that we were safe on the ground and still communicating, you know, all the tension went away and it was just excitement. You know, it was just cool that we had flown. Most lay people don't realize how you get the communications back from a helicopter on Mars. If I walked in Mm -hmm. right now, how would I know that the helicopter had made the flight successfully and how would it communicate with me that it had? So we, there's a couple steps. The helicopter talks directly to, we actually have a whole nother set of electronics on the rover we call the base station. And so it communicates directly to the base station. And then the base station will communicate to the rover what it's seen. So what information it's seeing from the helicopter as well as files and stuff we transfer. So we get data through there and then through their normal process, we get a bunch of effectively files back that tell us that we've communicated. You're taking color pictures in black and white with the helicopter, if I understand correctly? That's correct, yes. What were some of the challenges for the 12th mission of Ingenuity? This was supposed to have been, I believe, the most ambitious. Yes, it was probably one of the two most ambitious flights we've done. We flew into what we call the South Sita region, which you can look at some of the blog posts have some good infographics about what that kind of looks like. It was a long flight in terms of time, 169 seconds. And then the terrain was also challenging. So the helicopter was designed to fly over level terrain, the features, and the terrain here was varied. There's slopes and rocks and things like that. And so that is also challenging for the helicopter. So it's a combination of those kind of three things that make it challenging. It sounds like ingenuity absolutely aced it. Yes, it looks like it. Do I understand correctly that the initial plan was, I've read two different things. I've read three flights of ingenuity. I've read five you've currently done 12. Sounds like it's done better than anybody ever expected. Yes. Yes. So the original mission, the tech demo, which is what we worked for, was five flights within 30 sols or Martian days. So that was the original mission. And then going into that, the first three sols we had planned out for what we wanted to do. And then the last two of those five, we kind of decided we were going to figure out after we'd seen the performance of the first three. When you say a sol, a Martian day, how long yes. is the sol on Earth? It is just a little bit longer than Earth day. I believe about 38 minutes longer, 24 hours and 38 minutes. Probably a fact that we had back in science class, but so much more interesting when it applies to something happening right now and in the future. I should record a quick disclaimer, which is simply that I am not in any way, shape, or form affiliated with NASA. I am not endorsed by NASA. I just think this is seriously cool stuff. Mm -hmm. What have been some of the ways, this is the ultimate autonomous vehicle, some of the ways that it's been able to troubleshoot as an autonomous vehicle on Mars, because you can't suddenly hit a button and say, stop this right now. 
No. So we get a lot of, I mean, we get a lot of data back from Ingenuity during the flight, not just, you know, the color images and that you've seen. So a lot of that data helps us, you know, look at how the battery's performing, how our all our sensors are performing, temperatures of our motors and things like that. So we get a lot of data during each flight that we comb through to understand the performance and how Ingenuity is doing. How does it troubleshoot? What if something goes wrong? There have been a couple minor anomalies, if I understand correctly, and it's come through them like a champ. Yes. So, I mean, that same process, right, we're looking at, we're looking at the data that comes down. And in the case of the couple, you know, anomalies we've seen, it's just looking at, you know, what was the cause, what caused these things. We can get, we have enough of that data that we can troubleshoot it. We can see where the problem is and then work, repeat that in our test bed and figure out how to fix it. And while Ingenuity's so far 12 successful flights have made operating a four-pound autonomous vehicle on Mars look easy. There's a lot of things that go right for this to work. One of the big design problems is making sure you can stay warm. Make sure you have enough battery so that you can keep yourself warm during the night because the temperature gets really cold, as well as have enough battery charge in the next day to keep warm. So, you know, I think that was one of the bigger design challenges during development. But we found that on Mars, all the design work paid out and we're doing very well. What was most fun for you creatively, getting to work on designing the helicopter and getting to operate it? I found I really enjoyed the the process of sending command, you know, we build these sequences of commands and send them to the helicopter. It's part of what we call the uplink process. And then the next day, we'll get down the data from what happened on Mars. And then we'll, that's the downlink, and then we'll uplink again and it kind of continues day after day. That part I found to be very, very fun. You know, the constant day, what's going on, trying to plan out what happens, and then seeing the results all in one chunk. I found I really, really enjoyed that process. What would you say was fun to learn as well that you maybe didn't know about robotics or flying a helicopter on yeah. Mars previously? So I found it's been fun and challenging to figure out how do you validate this type of work, not just in a when we did chamber tests here on Earth, but as we're going to send commands, new commands to the helicopter, you know, we can't fly a helicopter within a, we don't have a 200 meter long vacuum chamber or something we can test in. So figuring out what tests, when we do an update, what tests you need to run to validate that everything's going to work, I've found to be a new challenge that I hadn't seen before in robotics. And I found it to be a lot of fun. What's the future for Ingenuity? Is it going to be going by Perseverance? Do you have other flights planned? What's coming within the next, let's say, three, four weeks? Yes. So we are, we kind of take it flight by flight. So we just flew flight 12. So, you know, the next week or so, we'll be trying to get all the data and all the images down from the helicopter back here on Earth. And then we're going to start looking at what a flight 13 might look like. So that's still in the planning phase there. What's one image so far or one finding that absolutely wowed you, even with your background? I think there's a couple images we've taken with the color return to Earth camera that you've gotten like the Perseverance rover up in like the top of the image. And those have all been really fun to look at and incredible. So I think those are probably my favorite. What does this mean for future helicopter flights on Mars and future missions like Perseverance? So I'm not super clear on all the you know future plans. There's been some work announced about you know looking into what a future helicopter might look like. Mars science helicopter is the term you can search but going into what would a helicopter with a science payload look like on Mars and what kind of science could it perform? 
So we have people here at, at JPL looking into that, investigating. That'll be exciting. To I'm going to assume that I can't really ask much about that because you probably couldn't tell me at this point, but I'll be very interested to stand by. A lot of our listeners are educators. A lot of the listeners are makers. What are some of the resources they might like to take a look at for citizen science and or education as ingenuity continues? So we keep, I mean, we keep putting out blog posts and there's a couple on some of the technical details of the helicopter. And there's also a handful of papers that have been written for various conferences that go into a lot of the technical details of the helicopter, of the vehicle, and some of the work that was performed and some of the validation and the design of it. So I would recommend going and reading those because they're all very interesting. And NASA.gov, is that right? Yes. And uh, the, the JPL and the NASA.gov site have a lot of information as well. What's yes. the one story 50 years from now that you're going to tell your grandchildren about working on the Ingenuity helicopter? I think the, I mean, I just think that that first, the day of the first flight, I think there's, there's a lot of stories there and just like what the, you know, what it was like to be in that room and the, you know, the emotions people had and everything, I think is a good story. I'm envisioning everybody erupting in cheers when yes. everything worked right. Wow. That's amazing. Finally, I usually close out my podcast with a signature question, which is if people can only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from the work you're doing right now? You know, I think just with ingenuity, it's shown, you know, just what, you know, everybody put in a lot of hard work and a lot of time and a lot of hours and they've just been able to accomplish so much and just, it's, it's been an incredible time. So, you know, finding projects you're passionate about and working on those, you know, for me, it's, it's paid off, which has been exciting. So, yeah. Garrett, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Doc. Yes. You and I have been listening to Garrett Kubiak, robotics technologist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. For updates on the Mars Ingenuity helicopter, go to mars.nasa.gov forward slash technology forward slash helicopter. In addition to the current information on their blog, this webpage has some really cool free resources, including a downloadable 3D model of Ingenuity and Scroll down to the bottom of the page if you have future rocket scientists or current citizen scientists in your home or classroom. The other resources they offer include a video game that shows you how to code a helicopter on Mars. Once again, that website, mars.nasa.gov forward slash technology forward slash helicopter. The preceding podcast was not endorsed by nor affiliated with NASA and I am not in any way, shape, or form employed by nor affiliated with NASA nor the Jet Propulsion Lab. I just think flying a remote helicopter on Mars is a very cool thing. Can't wait to hear what's next. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks. M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.